Today's Bible reading comes from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Well, it's certainly been an interesting start to 2020. I'm guessing your year, like mine, is kind of working out a little differently to the way that you thought or planned it to go. Uh, at the start of the year, we were facing droughts and water restrictions back in January. Uh, that was then followed up by the worst bushfires that our country has ever seen. And as if all of that wasn't enough, now we have the coronavirus. And as tough as it might be for us, there are plenty of people in other countries around our world who are doing it a lot tougher than us. But I mention all of this because we're looking today at a psalm where the writer talks about facing situations where everything seems chaotic. And the psalm begins with a statement that kind of sums up the message of the psalm. It's Psalm 46 and verse number 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And then that sentiment gets repeated a couple more times in the psalm. If you had a look at verse 7 and verse 11, it says, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. But immediately after making that first statement that God is our refuge and strength, he starts to explore some of the things that actually might get us to doubt whether or not that's true. And he begins with the natural world, with floods and earthquakes. Here's a psalm that was written probably somewhere around 3,000 years ago and back then those were the things that struck fear into the hearts of people. 3,000 years later and guess what? They're still the things that strike fear into our hearts. We've just had a cyclone that's wreaked havoc in Vanuatu, Fiji and the Solomon Islands. Uh, We regularly hear stories about earthquakes devastating cities. There are things that happen in our world that you just can't prepare for. Did you know that in this past week there have been more than half a dozen earthquakes around our world that have measured more than five on the Richter scale? Now, keep those things in mind because, again, listen to what the writer says here in this psalm. Back to Psalm 46, verse number 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear... Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The writer says that those who trust in God need not fear those things. 
Now, I think it's obvious that the writer isn't just talking about natural disasters. He's talking about any time our world feeling like it's out of control. And it's important to notice that he doesn't say, God won't let any of those things happen to you. No, he's not saying that at all. He's not saying that God's people will never have to face an earthquake or a flood or the coronavirus. He's saying that God's people need not fear those things. Even though the earth gives way, even though the mountains fall, even though the flood waters roar. He's saying that you can trust God even when those things happen. God is the refuge for those who face floods and earthquakes. And we need not fear those things because our God's the God who created the world that we live in. God is more powerful than earthquakes and floods. He made the whole thing. You can find confidence in him despite what your circumstances may be. From this image of roaring floodwaters, the, the writer then moves on to a pretty sharp contrast. He talks about a quiet stream that runs through Jerusalem. You'll find it there in verse 4. There is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. It's a pretty sudden change of pace, isn't it? We move from chaos and floods and earthquakes to this picture of a gentle stream that runs through the middle of Jerusalem. Mention of streams for us doesn't really mean too much. We we live in the city and and we don't see water as really being a precious commodity. Uh, If we want water, we just go and turn the tap on. Not sure if you saw the story in the news during the week, but the Murray River and the Darling River both have water flowing through them now and have both met together again for the first time in two years. Things out west have been pretty dry and the people who live on the Darling and the Murray and especially the people who live where it meets, they're celebrating. They're throwing parties out there because the rivers are now flowing again. But when we see this psalm, it's pretty clear that this is a bit of an idealised view that the writer has of Jerusalem. But do you see why he has this confidence? Do you see why he has this idealised view of Jerusalem? It's right there in verse 5. It's not that the walls are strong. It's not that the armies are more powerful. It's not even that the stream is flowing through. See verse 5? God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. The confidence of God's people doesn't come from bricks and mortars. The confidence of God's people is knowing a loving God, a God who is with his people. It's their relationship with God that gives them confidence. God's not some distant, remote figure who seems to be unaware of what's going on in our lives. God knows his people and God's people know him. They have a relationship with him. They know that he is a loving God. They know that he's a God who cares for them. They know that he's a God who provides for them. And they know that he's a God who can be trusted I suppose it's one of those things that's kind of a little bit unfamiliar to us. But God reveals himself to us. God makes himself known personally. 
If you have your trust in Jesus, then you can say that you know God. Not know about God, but that you know God. That's why Jesus taught us to pray by saying, our Father in heaven. That's the depth of the relationship that we have. That's the closeness that we have with God. And that's the source of the psalmist's confidence and our confidence that God is with us. Confidence isn't just about floods and earthquakes. He moves on to talk about war as well. Living in Australia, we don't really know too much about war on our soil. We've never had any foreign armies invade the country. France, on the other hand, has had two world wars that have been fought right on their soil. They know what it is to be under attack. They know what it is to see war. At the time of this psalm, the people of Israel also knew a fair bit about war. And that's why the writer uses this image. Look at what it says, verse 6. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. He says that nations are in uproar and turmoil. And the people of Israel knew all about that. Throughout the history of Israel, they had witnessed the rise and fall of some of the major empires in the world at that time. The Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, as well as as seeing a bunch of smaller kingdoms come and go. And Israel knew what it was to have foreign armies smashing down the walls of their city. But again, verse 6, God speaks and the earth melts. The same God who spoke creation into existence is the one who can make wars to cease just with his words and can bring desolation just by speaking. Look at verses 8 and 9. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. The God that the writer is talking about is the God who can bring desolation, make wars cease, break bows, shatter spears, burn shields. And again, the people of Israel have seen all of this firsthand. They've seen the Egyptian army swept into the sea by the hand of God. They've seen armies dispatched by God. Verse 10 is probably the best known verse in the Bible, but strangely enough, it's probably one of the most misquoted verses in the whole Bible. It's misquoted because when you see the context, he's saying something very different to what people often think is being said. So you have a look at verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. You often see posters and cards that look like this, and have a kind of image on them of stillness and serenity. And it's normally in that tranquil scene that you get the impression that that verse means, take a moment, enjoy the tranquility and and know that I am God. Now, I want to say those posters are lovely and that's a great sentiment, but that's not what the passage is saying here. That's not what it says in verse 10. And rather than saying, be still, probably a better translation of what those words are, stop fighting, cease what you're doing. So it's in the midst of talk about war and chaos that God calls out, stop. See, this is probably the poster that you should have with a verse like that. 
God is yelling, stop, I'm God, you're not, and don't forget it. If you think that you can do some damage with your weapons, well, I can do more damage just by speaking. And look at what it goes on to say. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. It's not too hard for us to sit here this morning and say amen to a psalm like that. It's reasonably easy for us to trust God when we're relaxing on a lovely Sunday morning like we have today. But it may be that the coronavirus has you questioning God's goodness, not just for yourself, but for the world that we live in, questioning God's control. But the reason the psalmist has confidence is the same reason we can be confident, not because of the circumstances that we're in, but because God is with us. If the psalmist could talk about God being with them back in Jerusalem, then we can say it even more loudly and clearly. On the night before Jesus died, on the night before he went to the cross, he talked to his disciples and he said this, John chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. God with us. God's spirit given to all those who trust in Jesus. The writer of the psalm could talk about God being with them because he was referring to the temple being in the middle of Jerusalem, this symbol of God's presence with his people in Jerusalem. But Jesus says that those who trust in him, they have God's spirit. That's the closeness of the relationship that we have with God. If you have your trust in Jesus, then God is literally with you. And that's the confidence that we can have as we face things in this life. It doesn't mean we'll never have problems. I mean, the whole point of the psalm is there will be floods There will be earthquakes, there will be wars, there will be hardships and troubles and coronaviruses. But God is with us, so there is no need for us to fear. Doesn't mean that those hard times are going to be enjoyable, but it does mean that we can approach them with confidence. Heard a story about an older Christian guy who'd been through a a lot of tough stuff in his life. His wife had died, his daughter had died, his business had failed. He was travelling with a workmate to Canberra uh, where they were to do some work. And and while they were travelling, they shared each other's stories and found out a little bit more about each other. And after hearing all of the tough times that this Christian guy had been through, his non-Christian workmate said to him, after everything that you've been through, after all of the things that have happened in your life, how can you still have faith in God? And the older man said, are you kidding? It's only been my faith in God that's got me through all of those things. But I want to finish with verse 10, where God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The wars and battles that we've seen throughout history have always been to try and show who's the boss. 
The Cold War, which ran from the 1950s right up to the 1990s, was a battle between Russia and the United States, a battle about who the superpower was in the world. Nowadays, it's China wanting to flex some muscle. But do you see what God says to the superpowers? He says, grow up. I'm God, you're not. And ultimately, I will be exalted in all the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. And that's where our world is heading. The day will come when this world will draw to a close. And when it does, everyone will ultimately acknowledge that God rules over this world. In his letter to the Romans, Paul says this in Romans chapter 14. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue confess to God. And for those of us who trust in Jesus, that's not a day to fear. That's a day to look forward to. A day that gives us confidence as we face this life.